Hi. <laughs> like awkward. <laughs> Where well, do we want to start? We're going to talk about the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> no intro. <laughs> Just like getting right into it. Our mental health. Yeah. What did you want to talk like most about mental health? Um, I don't know. Every time somebody brings up like the like the medications, I, it just like kind of gets me fired up. Um, really? Gets me fired up, if I'm honest. Yeah. Like, um, I grew up with my dad having um, bipolar, mm-hmm. and like, I feel like in my experience, he was kind of a guinea pig. And they tried a lot of stuff on him, mm-hmm. and like for most of my childhood, he was kind of just like passed out on the couch because he was on like lithium and like too much of it probably yeah. and like I don't even know what else he took but too much of it probably so you know I had like that experience kind of like watching my dad progressively get more zombified from like medications and then you know Lo and behold, I turn like 16, 17, 18, realizing that I too also have like mental illness because um, it does run in the family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then. Yeah, I fully believe that my dad probably has some sort of issue. But, you know, like him being a boomer, he <laughs> never really like try to get diagnosed or look into it fully. But the funny thing is, okay, this is like getting real, but. He literally told me at the start of the pandemic that like once he retires, he wants to become like a counselor or a therapist, like a get a certificate and like start his like new journey. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, I feel like you're really like in tune with your mental health now and like you really care about me. You know, that was like my thought back then. And then like. I went back to see him during the summer and he was getting a little like borderline abusive again and I was like like what is this you know like you yeah like you literally said you want to be a counselor and like how are you gonna do that if you can't like talk about emotions with your own daughter you know (laughs) but yeah it's like it sucks like people really want to be better but some people like they don't have the resources or they don't have the knowledge to like just be a healthy person you know (laughs) yeah and I feel like a lot of it is like intergenerational like impressions of like traumatic events that happened in the past like in the bloodline that kind of like stick around Mm -hmm. and then also like unconscious to a lot of like behaviors um we live in a time where like it's like, that we have so much access to information and access to, like, so many different kinds of people mm-hmm. where we can really understand ourselves better through, like, resources like yeah. Google, um, but also Instagram. Cause yeah, Instagram is just, like, lifesaver. <laughs> has taught me so much just like following like the holistic psychologist yeah i follow that (laughs) yeah like and just like all this stuff about like bpd and bipolar and like yeah and like 
you know, all this, all these resources just were not, like, accessible for our parents, you know, so, like, I think we're blessed to, like, be able to have, you know, the ability to learn more information faster, you know? I really feel like, like, with my given situation and family, if I didn't have the internet, like, I wouldn't have healed as much as I did, because, you know, like, internet just, like, instantly, like, so many experiences that you can just like read whereas like back in the day if you didn't talk to other people if you didn't have that access then like you wouldn't have known and you just like be in the same cycle for so long exactly (laughs) yeah it's easier to break like um cycles faster for sure like definitely um yeah Yeah. i agree there are like pros and cons of internet but Yeah, I mean, with Instagram specifically, like, um, keeping the content that you do follow, um, but also, like, your mindset towards it, and, like, knowing when to, like, okay, I think I've had enough now, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm gonna take a break, maybe delete my Instagram for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which I do see a lot of people do. Yeah, totally, like, I was... I feel like I didn't use Instagram in a conscious matter, like, even last year. So, like, you know how, like, internet, you just kind of fall into the trap of, like, what's the word? Like, validating how you feel about the world. It's, like, so, like, I was in a very negative space. So, like, everything on my Instagram was just, like, negative, negative. Like, world is shit, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, as soon as I broke out of it and, like, changed my timeline, changed who I follow, I was like, maybe the world isn't shit, you know? Yeah, 100%. I was following a lot of, like, guitar players, Mm -hmm. and for me, I found that, like, it just made me feel horrible about my, like, playing. Really? Yeah, so I unfollowed, like, a bunch of, like, musicians. Yeah, I'm really jumpy. Hi. Hi, I'm jumpy. Oh, we're recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. I forgot. No worries. That's okay. No worries. I what was she saying? She wanted to show us something. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I followed, like, a bunch of musicians because I was just, like, being really hard on myself all the time. And then yeah. I was also following, like, a bunch of, like, fitness people. And then that kind of, like, I followed a lot of fitness people that were, like, posting, like, too, too many things that were toxic. I prefer now to just, like, follow, like, psychologists mm-hmm. and, like, mental me health too. things. And, like, general, like, affirmation posts mm-hmm. that, like, make me feel better. And things like, oh, like, uh, um... I'm trying to think of an example of, like, posts that are awesome, like, you know, just that focus more on, like, the spirit, soul, and, like, the part of you that isn't really, um, yeah, like, losing weight and shit, like, I I prefer to, like, follow things as, like, I want to be strong, and I do this for my mental health, I love to exercise because it's good for my mental health. You know what's so toxic about yeah. the things I used to follow? I used to follow, like, um, before and after I lost weight. Yeah. And I would just, like, be looking at that for hours and be like, I can do this too. I can do this. And I would get, like, so attached to it. Yeah. Like, it was so insane. Like, this was in, like, high school. And be like, 
oh, this person was so like fat back then and now she's like skinny. Maybe I can be like that too. And like the craziest thing is like I was skinny back then. Yeah. Like that's so crazy. Like I was skinnier than right now. And I was like, I was so obsessed with just like becoming skinnier. What the fuck? I know, because of the internet. <laughs> yeah. Just like people are just obsessed with that. Yeah, because like the internet will really make it seem like motivational, wellness. But if you really think about it, it's just like obsession, you know? And also internalized fat phobia. Yeah. Like, first of all, like I started following a lot more like things that are just like more empowering no matter like what your body shape is but more so that exercise releases endorphins and it's good for you instead of like oh like um get a flat stomach now or like you know stuff like that yeah like it's shameful to kind of say this now but I used to take like supplements to like become skinnier like and now that I think about it like what the fuck was that you know like Honestly, just eat I healthy. Really feel embarrassed because like I did the same thing. Yeah. Fat burners. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know that one brand that's so toxic. Um, flat co or something. Oh, I shouldn't be saying like <laughs> fucking brands, but. I don't know. Yeah, I I used to like follow that page and like see all these like influencers like take them and like be like. This is gonna solve all my problems when the problems are actually just like relationship problems and like mental health. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, for sure. Like seriously, I don't know. I I I used to be so obsessed with like gaining muscle too. Like mm-hmm. I, I really just wanted to be like jacked as fuck. I feel that. And like uh I started when I started yoga it was really to change my body. And, mm-hmm. and, like, the reason why I wanted to stay eventually is because I realized how beneficial it was, yeah, for changing mm-hmm. my body, but in ways that it made me feel. Mm-hmm. Like, my joints stopped hurting as much, my wrists got stronger, my back got stronger, mm-hmm. like, my core is stronger, like, um, overall, um, my nervous system is more balanced, so I'm not, like, as anxious, I'm not as, like, high-strung all the time and stuff or like super manic or super depressed I feel like in general I'm a lot more like balanced mm-hmm. um mentally yeah and like I think that's why I stayed with yoga and also the spiritual philosophies um but originally I started because I wanted a big ass and I wanted a <laughs> I okay. fucking feel that oh my god Dude, like, when I was in high school, I used to work out obsessively, I feel like. Not, like, too obsessive, but I would work out, like, one hour a day for, I like, seven like days a week. And I would, like, walk, t- like, two hours, 20 minutes every day. That was, like, my thing. And, like, now I think about it, like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, me too. I used to do, like, a whole, like, weightlifting yeah. session for, like, an hour. And then I would do yoga for an hour, and then total would be an hour, yeah. and then two hours, and then I would walk. Like, I literally, I was, like, so obsessed. Or I'd bike. Yeah. Yeah, I'd bike, like, a few kilometers per day. But I feel like now it's, like, I only work out when I want to, and, like, I do it because it feels good, not because, like, I have to have a fucking routine or, like, you know, just obsessive with being, con- like, in control. And I was just like, oh, I, I'll do it because I know I'll feel good after I do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Yeah, exactly. It's so odd that, like, you kind of started because you were like, I need control. But then, like, 
it actually helps later on to like release the sense of like Need like needing control. control yeah yeah so interesting yeah yeah working out like helped a lot with like the worst breakup I had in my life <laughs> and like I fucking remember this one time like I was at U of T like gym and I was listening to like Ariana Grande like thank you next <laughs> I, was just, like, I, that. I fucking like it was like I can remember like everything about that day like I was just like working I'm like you know what I got this like <laughs> breakup and then I just like threw myself into fitness yeah. after and like I got hella jacked doing that and like it really helped me like channel all my emotions mm-hmm. and stuff but honestly it was just another addiction right like yeah. it's like I was just addicted to exercise even though I quit you know um drinking alcohol and like yeah I was still, it's so like, crazy like addicted. everything can be addiction. addiction but yeah. you don't know that when you're like young or whatever yeah, I know and then I'm like wait I'm being obsessive <laughs> yeah and I'm still like don't get me wrong like obsessed with like doing yoga and stuff um but like I try and like keep it more of a devotion mm-hmm. like I'm devoted to myself I'm devoted to my body because I love myself yeah. and I want my organs to function and yeah. I want my spine not to hurt so you know yeah. and like you know if if I also like look nice too that's awesome and like it just helps me feel more confident yeah. in general as well to feel like you know I took care of this <laughs> I'm like super stoked yeah it's nice to like know that you're doing it for yourself and not to like feel validated by anyone else you know yeah that's like really a moment of change because like like, when I was in a toxic relationship, I feel like I started, like, being more, like, wanting to exercise because, like, he was totally, um, like, a borderline cheater because, like, he would, like, follow these pages of, like, very, like, fetishizing Korean women. I'm Korean, by the way. But, like, he had, he was following this Facebook page that was, like, um, the page name was Fuck Me in the Pussy, but it was, like, written in Korean. And it was just, like, bunch of Korean girls just, like, looking sexual as fuck. Yeah. And that was, like, he would like all the pictures. Yeah. And I didn't find out until, like, nine months into our relationship. And I was like, this is fucking insane. Like, I feel so objectified. And, like, I just, like, love this person in a very romantic, um, just in a wholesome way. Like, I didn't, like love him in a sexual like twisted way you know so like it kind of feels like what was the whole year I spent with you like what was that all about like is this how you see me like you know all those thoughts and like after seeing that like I was like because I was like young and like I was misguided I was like maybe like I have to look like this and like it kind of got me like you know like I kind of started having an eating disorder and like you know bulimia and everything and like I was like like, um, telling him, like, this is why, like, I started, like, binging and purging, because, like, I saw that you were liking these pictures, and I was just, like, try to get him to understand, because, like, to me, he was still my lover, and, like, maybe if I talked about it, we could solve this, but he was, like, just so, like, no, it's just you, like, you got issues, like, you know, like, (laughs) 
Like, it's not me. Like, I don't think he really understood what was going on, even though, like, I was, like, talking about it so much, yeah, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, mental Yeah, like, I was like, please understand. Like, you were the half of the issue. But he's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, fuck. I feel like, in general, men don't even understand that, like, the objectification mm -hmm. and, like, fetishization of women causes yeah. so much, so many problems for yeah. us. Especially if it's internalized and they're unconsciously doing things mm -hmm. or saying things about other women or, yeah. like, liking or following and stuff and, like, how it affects us in general. It's just, like, you know, I feel the same way, you know, like, um... Yeah, like, just, like, always not being comfortable in my body because it didn't fit the expectations of my partners mm -hmm. or society in general, you know, and, like, wanting to change it. Why do you think I wanted to change my body? Yeah, like, because it doesn't... other people. People need to understand, like, wanting to change your body doesn't come from, like, your own head. Like, a child doesn't just, like suddenly one day wake up and be like, maybe I don't look the way I'm supposed to look. Like, it's totally the society. Mm -hmm. Like, you get those ideas from outside of you, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, like, when you go see a doctor or something, people are like, oh, it's something about your brain or your chemicals that are, like, making you think these things. And, like, no, maybe, like, the society's fucked up, yeah, you know? Maybe it's, like, how people treat young girls. Yeah. You oh, know? my God. Like, I watched this one, like, TikTok or whatever, or maybe it was a reel on Instagram, but literally it was, like, this mom talking about her, her daughter, and she's like, well, when my daughter is dressed up as a boy, everyone says, wow, you're so strong, and you're fast, mm -hmm. and commented on, like, the child's yeah. ability to do things. I saw that too, yeah. Yeah, but when she's dressed as a girl, they're like, wow, you're so pretty mm -hmm. and cute. And, like, the voice and how they talk to children is completely different. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, like, what do you, how do you think that affects us and how we grow up? Because, mm -hmm. you know, and, like, even me, like, um, depending on, like, where you grow up, too, like, that has different kind of people. Like, some people, like, for me, I grew up and, like, some people want to look skinny, but some people want to have, like, a Caribbean body. Mm -hmm. And for me, I grew up around <laughs> a lot of people who wanted, like, the, the girl to have a Caribbean body so like that's why I was like wow like I have tiny lips I have no ass <laughs> nobody wants to date me because I have no ass and I'm just a skinny white girl and like I fucking didn't like that about myself at all and like that's all external that's because people bullied me for being like skinny and white you know what's so funny about what yeah. you just said though I literally, I catch myself doing this, like, I go back and forth of, like, wanting to be, like, super skinny and, like, wanting to be, like, really curvy. Yeah. And that, like, fucks with you, too. Like, can't stick with one thing. Yeah. Like, one moment I'm, like, maybe I'm not skinny enough and, like, the other moment it's, like, maybe I need to gain more weight and, like, be more thick. Mm -hmm. Like, pick a lane. And, like, it's because society is just, like, no matter what you look like, you don't look the way you're supposed to. Yeah. Like, there are so many different beauty standards, but, like, society lacks just, like, being able to acknowledge that the way you look is how you're supposed to look. Like, period, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the issue is, like, what happens after women get pregnant, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're, they, they're, like, 
they've expanded a lot and they have like stretch marks mm -hmm. and then now like young girls will have like fears of like having a kid because mm -hmm. as soon as you have a kid all of a sudden you don't fit society's yeah. standards of beauty i heard something like cardi b said about like she didn't get surgery after she was pregnant this year i don't know did you hear about that I think it was on Twitter or something. She was like, women should take them take their time with fitness after getting pregnant because yeah, it's a big deal. And like, it's kind of fucked that like women will literally have a whole human come out of their body and then they'll like go jump right into a plastic surgery like room. Like, isn't that like, are we okay? You know? <laughs> yeah, and it's just because of standards of beauty. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, it's it's internalized fat phobia like that mm -hmm. comes from like generations of people like being terrified of like being fat and like mm -hmm. it, it comes and like for me it's definitely internalized like my parents are like that you know yeah. like my dad's literally terrified of being fat and like scared of like you know um me getting fat and stuff and will like make comments on really? my food and like my family will make comments on my food and it just like comes from like you know like yeah, like, I've had my grandparents say, like, you know, she stays that small because she doesn't eat. And, like, that's why she's skinny. And I'm like, you know, you guys are just perpetuating, like, the bullshit, you know? Or my dad will say, like, oh, like, yeah, just, like, don't, just, like, make sure you don't eat too much. And then I'm like, you know what? Like, if I want to, if, if I, if I gain weight, like, you know, like, I really need people to just, like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and stop commenting on my food and, like, my weight, because, like... You know, the funniest <laughs> thing, like, this is, like, such a funny thing that happened to me. I mean, it's not funny because it's, like, fucked up, but it's funny. <laughs> so, like, I was, like, uh, 16, and I was living with this family in Nova Scotia, and that time, I had a very healthy, um, I was just very healthy. Like, I didn't ever think about what I ate. I was just like, oh, this tastes good. I'm going to eat it. Um, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. Like, I was never be the one to be, like, care about gaining weight. Like, I was totally, I was young and I was healthy. But then, like, um, uh, because I was living with, like, people who weren't, like, my real family, they were, like, kind of conscious of how much food I would eat because they didn't want me to like go over their budget mm -hmm. essentially so because like my parents were paying them to feed me and I guess they were kind of broke and they didn't want me to like use up too much of their food bills right so what happened was to them I was eating a little too much uh. but to me, I was like, I'm a growing teenager. Yeah. I'm going to eat as much as I want, you know? Yeah. And then what happened was they sat me down and they were like, Susie, I think you have bulimia. And I was like, huh, I never heard of that, you know? And they were like, because we see that you eat a lot, but you're still skinny. So we suspect that you have bulimia, mm -hmm. which was like totally untrue. And then they were like, we're going to send you to a conscious, like, eating group. Like, a basically, like, a group where you talk about eating and, like, heal from eating disorders. And the fucked up part is I didn't have an eating disorder back then. And I was forced to go without my choice. 
And I was just like sitting there with people, a bunch of people who actually do have eating disorders. And I was sitting there like, what did I do wrong? You know, I was just eating what I want to eat. And then like, after that, they like locked up the fridge and they like restricted my eating. And they were like, from now on, you're only going to eat when we actually feed you and you're not going to like go to the kitchen and eat when you want. And that's when I actually started developed like thinking like, am I eating too much? <laughs> yeah. What? And it's so fucked up because people will like literally diagnose you without knowing the whole story. Like maybe I just eat, eat a lot. Maybe I have a fast metabolism. Maybe it's not your place to be like, you're eating too much, you know? Like, <laughs> they were like, oh, are you throwing up behind our back? Because there's no way you're that skinny after eating all that you eat. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm just have, Asian. Yeah, maybe you have like IBS. Yeah. Like, like, some people can eat like so much and then they just poop it all out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like I you would fully know. like eat of poop everything I eat and I was just like healthy and like because they couldn't wrap around the he their heads that like someone could be healthy and eat that much they just like made me a sick person yeah it was traumatizing and the fucked up part about that is that their daughter actually had an eating disorder and I don't know if it was like they made them they that like way yeah they were fully projecting on me yeah. and i wonder if like they did that to her as well or she was just that way and she they thought i was like her as well like who, i i wouldn't know like what the whole situation is but sometimes just happens and you don't know what's going on yeah and like there's nothing you can do about it because you're a kid you yeah know? like if i want to go back and be like unconsent like i do not consent to your projections but like yeah. it yeah, already I happened wish. <laughs> wish. yeah but that's my whole spiel about getting a heating disorder um just like projection onto me and it actually be being manifested in my life you know yeah holy fuck <laughs> God. I mean, maybe that's a good segue to talk about hospitalization. Yeah, I mean, bipolar. like, I feel like the story should be out there some, like, somewhere because I feel like young girls should um, be aware that you can totally be healthy, but people will pro project onto you their own sickness, and mm -hmm. like, they will literally like make you feel like you're sick. And you need to have those boundaries and, like, know who you are and what you are and, like, you know, stand up for yourself. Like, maybe I'm not sick. Maybe you just didn't consider my story and didn't ask how I actually am, you know? <laughs> In general, people yeah. project a ton of shit yeah. into young girls. And young girls just don't know. Yeah, like, you know? because, like, they will fuck with you because you're authority and you're an adult and, like, you will literally listen to older people and be like, maybe you're right because you don't know yourself that much well. Like, you're young. Yeah. But, like, we need to teach kids to, like, tap into your own intuition and, like, really listen to yourself. Like, do you feel healthy? Because if you do, then that's real, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't be like, 
what I perceive of you is sick, so let's go along with that, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, like, just go to the doctor. Yeah, like, ah, uh, doctors are, doctors like, are mm-hmm. so... <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, just, like, be like, oh, like, if the doctor says you're fine. But that's the thing, too. Sometimes doctors will, like, gaslight you. And exactly. Like, no, you're fine, and then, and then you're like, no, I'm not fine. Mm-hmm. I need you to figure out, like, what happened. I think something shut down. I'm getting hungry after all that talking. <laughs> okay, we'll get food soon. Uh, me. Okay, so let's. Do you want to share your first, like, hospital story? Or? Oh my god, I never thought I would be talking about this in front of camera. Um. Hmm. We don't have to if you don't want to. No, like, I've always wanted to do it, but, like, I just felt like it's too much if I, like, do it on my own, you know? So. My first time was, um, like, 20, well, I don't remember the year, but I was 19, and it was after a two-year relationship, um, and then, um, what happened was, I was, like, on and off with this one person that I dated for, like, eight months, and then, like, for a full year after that eight months we were just kind of like we don't even know what we're doing but we're seeing each other and fucking type of situation you know Um, yeah like I don't know if you're my boyfriend but we're acting like we are in a relationship you know that kind of situation and then like uh I got admitted to university and like life was like rapidly changing you know like I was like you're not the same person in, like, university and high school, you know? So, like, it was, like, a... Because our connection was so not um, conscious, it was, like, a relationship that was doomed to fail at that point. But, like, me having, like, anxious attachment, like, I was, like, there's no way we're going to break up, you know? So, like, I literally... um, Something happened, and, like, I had a whole split... And I blocked him on Facebook, blocked him on Instagram. <laughs> just like, you know, just like doing that like crazy girl blocking thing. And, like, yeah. <laughs> and then him like being, you know, seeing that was like obvious sign that we were breaking up. But like to me, like blocking someone isn't like, let's break up. It's more like I'm angry as fuck. Can you please acknowledge me, you know? But obviously, like, you know, he's a whole different individual, so he's not in my head. So, like, to him, it was like, oh, you know, we're over. So he was like, okay, I guess this means, like, we're over now. And I was like, no, that's not what it is. And, like, I, like, took the TTC and I went to his house, which was, like, fucking, where was it? Like, somewhere very far from like my campus like I I was on the TTC for like a whole hour just like what the fuck is happening and like I went to his house and he wasn't there and he was hanging out with his friend like going on a joy ride or something and I called him called him called him I even think I saw his brother like like taking a smoke break like on like at his balcony or something I don't know but I was like waiting for him and like he never came and like I just took the TTC back um to campus like I was on living on residence and like that moment I was like feeling like super suicidal you know I was like what the fuck like and I like went on the hotline because like I didn't have anyone else to talk to and like I even 
um, talk to my, like, residence Dawn at the time, because, like, you know, like, university being university, they're always like, oh, if you need help, like, talk to us, um, we're always there for you, blah, 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 and, like, me just fully believing that, like, <laughs> I called, I'm like, help, like, I need help, but, like, um, obviously, like, they were busy and, like, couldn't help, and, like, I was like, I guess, like, the only thing I can do is, like, really just call the hotline, and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Like, I just feel like suicidal and like, whatever. And like, they just like, um, sent me like a whole like police came and like everything. And like, I was in couch and, um, yeah, I just spent a night there. And like, there were like people who were legit, like different that I never really shared a space with before like people like who had schizophrenia and like just like yelling and screaming and like doing all that shit and I was just sitting there like crying and like I don't know I and like after that like I woke up and like they gave me food and like they basically put me on Prozac just like immediately without therapy <laughs> And, like, after that, I was just on Prozac for, like, a month. And still no therapy, just on meds. And then, like, after that, I felt like, I'm, like, the world is so amazing. And, like, I feel so fast. And, like, I'm just, like, feeling, like, running and, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I told my psychiatrist, like, I've never felt this good and amazing before in a weird way. And she yeah. was, like bipolar <laughs> and then she put me on Seroquel yeah. and then I was on Seroquel for the next three years mm. but and then did you stop recently? I actually stopped a um, couple months after I met you mm. because <laughs> I was totally at a breaking point because even though I was told that I'm on the BPD spectrum. I've never experienced feeling that out of control in my life. Mm. Like being 22 years old, I feel like being on Seroquel was really put me on edge that I've never experienced in my life before. And at that point I was like, there's no way this is how I normally am. There's no way that I'm born this way. Um, there's no way like I, have to feel constantly suicidal and like going in and out of hospitals and like I fully believe that Seroquel is just making me just highlighting those like symptoms that like I only would have if I had a dire situation and triggered you know and like I don't know I just really looked into it after I met you and I realized like maybe it's not me maybe it's like misguidance and like psychiatric um generalization and you know <laughs> and after I got off circle I started like meditation and like just really being conscious about how I treat myself and like I just felt really good after that like just learned that like I can soothe myself I can um just like guide myself through life without like putting my life um, into the control of like 
doctors and just meds, you know? <laughs> you know? It's like... Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, there's more to it, but that's, like, the whole general story, I guess. Yeah, there's always, like, details Yeah. To just, like, how interesting it is to meet people in the hospital. Yeah. And stuff. How long did you stay? So, I'm gonna be honest, the first day was not traumatizing for me. Um, I felt very safe in a way just because of how on edge I was so just like seeing other people struggling it felt like oh maybe like I can get help and maybe there's a way out so like my first experience with the hospital was like oh like this is okay like maybe I will find a way to continue my life but then like the second time I was hospitalized, it was not in the same institution. Um, it was somewhere else. And um, the experience with that hospital was really traumatizing for me because I actually wasn't suicidal at one point. And I was like, you know what? I think I feel fine. And like, I realized that I was just being triggered again. And I just want to go home and like go to sleep, talk to my loved ones, and just sleep it out. Did they give you a form? I literally said that, like, I feel fucking fine. Can I go home now? Oh. And they were like, nope. Um, you're going to stay another night here because we don't think you're safe. Mm. I think you're a um, hazard to your own self so or you whatever. Got, like, form one? Yeah, they gave me a form yeah. that I had to sign that um I don't know what it even said I just had to sign it and yeah. call my psychiatrist and tell her that I feel fine but they still made me stay another night which like fully made me feel like I had no control of my own body like I can't decide to go home what the fuck you know and like um at the time I I requested so many times in a civil manner I want to go home and they didn't listen to me which like triggered me so much yeah, that I started like banging out. on the door yeah. I was like let me the fuck out because yeah. like you're making me feel crazy now yeah. and I never felt this crazy before like yeah. I fully feel like you're conditioning me into feeling crazy yeah, <laughs> you know? feel that. yeah I'm like there's no way this is me because I never felt this crazy before and now you're telling me that I'm not allowed to go out like yeah no it's kind of fucked yeah and like the the scariest thing I feel like it was like movie like get out because the like uh lady the nurse who was sitting right in front of me literally two steps away but like hard glass mm -hmm. um two glass walls that were like um just like no access to her right yeah. and she would just look at me dead in my eyes and she laughed yeah <laughs> yeah in the nursing station yeah that's fucked that's crazy yeah. she laughed fuck i i fucking had a meltdown too mm -hmm. because this was after yeah i've been hospitalized already a few times mm -hmm. but i went back because i was getting like a lot of psychosis around christmas time mm -hmm. and then they they put me in canage around the um, Put me they put me in a locked room mm -hmm. and I just like fucking lost it mm -hmm. I was like there's no way after you've been institutionalized a few mm -hmm. times because I got form one and form three 
Reform 1 is you are mandatorily cannot leave <gasps> for three days. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah, because you're, you're a harm to yourself or others. And then Form 3 is you mandatorily can't leave for two weeks. So I, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, I ended up getting Form 1 and then Form 3. So I had to stay there for a month. It ended up being a month. So that was fun. What the fuck, yeah. girl? <laughs> and then I went another time. Mm-hmm. And then, but I went during Christmas, which was the third time. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they put me in the second area, which is a locked facility, mm-hmm. I fucking lost it. I was like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I had, yeah, like, you, you get claustrophobia. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, I never had claustrophobia until yeah. after I've been institutionalized a few times. Because now, like, I, like, cannot I be. Feel that. I cannot be in a locked room. Like, it, it, like, fucking, like, freaks me the fuck out. Like, I literally had a meltdown, and then they let me out, which was awesome. Okay, I'm going to see this. Like, I think the crazy part about um, hospitals and, like, how they treat mental health in, like, at least currently is so fucked up because, like, so many things, especially, like, BPD or, like, whatever struggles people have there are so many holistic ways that you could treat it Mm -hmm. by like finding ways to talk to your family Mm -hmm. finding ways to talk to your friends or partner or just anybody in the world to like just connect with them and like be open and just like you know finding ways to heal through yourself and through people Mm -hmm. but hospitals will literally be like nope you're crazy here's a drug here's a drug and we'll lock you up and we'll you're welcome and like i'll be honest like the first time i got hospitalized yeah. like um i literally was a danger to myself and um, others so yeah. like um because i was uh like super 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 manic like mm-hmm. i was I had mania psychosis because a doctor gave me Ciprolex, mm-hmm. which is an SSRI, which you're not supposed to give to people who have bipolar <gasps> because it caused mania. And I, my mania went, like, through the roof. Mm-hmm. I literally did not sleep for five days. So by the time I went to the hospital, I was, like, near death and I was hallucinating mm-hmm. that they had to put me on drugs to knock me out so I could sleep. Which is why I got form one. Because I was so sick that, like, I needed medication to make me sleep. You know what? That reminds me, um... And it did save my life. (laughs) It did save my life. That's good, yeah. (laughs) I mean, okay, I'm gonna say, like, hospitals are not black and white. It's not black and white. Like, sometimes they help, but sometimes the real flaw of hospitals is they don't check in with you fully to, like, ask you, we're gonna do this to you, are you okay with that? Yeah. I feel like if they took that step, consent. consent, if they did that, then they could really be helpful. Yeah. But because they lack that step, it's like, it can be so traumatizing. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. if you get a Form 1, then, like, that revokes your, that revokes your consent. consent. It's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. if you, if you could die, then, then, then they will, like, Form 1 you. Which is true. Like, so when I got Form 1, mm-hmm. it was... It was really important for me because if I hadn't of, like, I, I could have actually died um, just because I didn't sleep for five days. And at that point, my brain was just, like, hallucinating and just, it was really bad. So, 
So, like, in that case, it was, like, really important, and it did save my life. Mm -hmm. But by the end of it, they were just experimenting with, like, different kinds of um, antipsychotics. And, like, there was, like, that's a whole wormhole in itself. And just, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, not letting me leave. So, you know, like, I, I fully believe, like wherever I am on the BPD spectrum, like, I feel like it's something that was manageable. Like, mm -hmm. of course, like, I always have been an emotional person since a baby, but, like, it was all... I feel like it was always manageable if I had support. But, like, what happened was, like, my psychiatrist, obviously the system not being able to find you support, she was, like... Um, I think you show BPD symptoms, so what we're going to do is tame those symptoms by putting you on Seroquel. And, like, now that I think back, like, what I really needed was just being able to talk to my parents, but they weren't, like, there for me, so it was like, okay, I'll take the Seroquel, you know, because, like, what else am I going to do, you know, I can't, like suddenly have parents who know what's going on so we'll do the quick fix right mm -hmm. and now that I think about it like I mean we talked about this when we hung out last time but um her telling me that I might have BPD totally exaggerated all the mild symptoms that I had you know yeah, because one, one of the symptoms yeah. of BPD is lack of identity yeah. or self. So then all of a sudden you're given a diagnosis, yeah. and now that is your identity, and it kind of solves the problem in a sense, yeah. but also makes it worse because now you identify with something. Because, like, I feel like right now I have a sense of better, like, better sense of identity, but back then... I was fully like, I don't know what the fuck I am, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then she was like... Like, like this, like, a really nice sense of, like, hey, here's a gift of diagnosis for you. And to me, it was like, yay, I'm going to embrace this and, like, make it my whole thing. And then I started, like, doing things that I'd never done before. Like, just, like, because, like, I would read up symptoms and, like, I would totally embody that. I'm like, then now that I think about it, like, bitch, you crazy. Like, why would you, <laughs> why would you start doing things that you didn't even do before? Yeah, because, like, I just wanted to feel like I'm part of something, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's lack of community. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I totally, like, went on Discord and, like, I joined, like, like, six BPD groups and, like, I would hear these stories and I would, like, start doing similar things that those people told me that they do and then like you know just like how do I get out of this you know <laughs> fuck I don't even know yeah. like um there's like a whole like thing with identity at the end of the day it's mm -hmm. like you know I'm human <laughs> yeah yeah. I feel like you just have to realize that you don't have to stick with one thing, especially if you feel like it's a harm to yourself. Like you need to release and let go of like the idea of who you think you are, you know? Because that's the only way you can change and heal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just know that we are constant. Yeah. Change is constant. Yeah. The only thing that is constant is change. Exactly. Yeah. So it's totally fine to change. Yeah, like, you're allowed to reject certain things about yourself 
if you feel like you want to change, there's a way to change and like you're not tied into like the ways you've been doing things in the past, you know? Yeah, like you're never obligated to be the exact same person you were yesterday. Yeah, exactly. You can be someone new tomorrow if you want. Um, yeah, and, like, the other thing, too, is going back to what you said about how there's holistic ways of solving issues, is, like, a lot of my problems could have been fixed with Mm -hmm. just eating healthier, Mm -hmm. stopping drinking alcohol, Mm -hmm. and stopping weed. Like, if, if literally, like, I feel so much better now that I eat more fruit, more vegetables, and no alcohol or weed. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, that's that's it. Like, you know, more exercise. Mm-hmm. Smedmerts. It comes down to smedmerts. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't had a manic episode, like, full-blown-ass manic episode, and I still get anxiety, mm-hmm. but, like, I haven't had a full-blown manic episode in a very long time that's just good. because, like, smedmerts. So sleep, medications, but I don't take any medications. I take um, herbal things and... Um, vitamins mm-hmm. and then exercise healthy eating doctors um i like to just make sure that i'm not low on like anything like iron and stuff because sometimes like yeah these totally. things can cause depression like if you're low on b vitamins for example i feel like i mean non-spiritual people feel like they don't like to word it this way, but, like, I feel like smoking or drinking or eating bad food literally puts you in a low vibration, and you will attract things that are negative that you wouldn't normally attract. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. It's unconscious. Yeah. Because as soon as you become, like, more aware of, like, what you're putting in your body and the effect of it, like, Mm -hmm. even just drinking more water, like, I feel like just by drinking more water, I'm more consciously aware and, like, interoceptive mm-hmm. of, like, what's happening in my body. And, like, I can feel stuff and how it affects mm. my body. But I don't mm. know if that's also just having, like, a uterus and stuff. Like, yep. in general, like, <laughs> I'm very intuitive because I'm a, I'm a yeah. woman and I have woman parts, so. Your battery is dead. Oh, no. I guess we can just end it there. Shall we? Yeah. Without an outro? Oh, yeah. Let's do an outro on my camera. Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Just chatting about stuff. Um, we should definitely make another episode talking yeah. about more stuff. Cause it's awesome. I feel like once we start talking about this, it's, like, never-ending. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess it's good that the camera just kind of, like... There you go. Yeah, it's like, all right, <laughs> the battery's dead, so yeah. we can stop now. We'll talk more about important things and collect our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. If you like this video, please like, comment, and subscribe. Send us a message. Tell us if you hate it. Love <laughs> it. Um, yeah. <laughs>